Nationals fans, I have an opinion that you may not like to hear, but this is what I think. I don't think the Washington Nationals will be up for sale anymore. You'll hear why right after this. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you, you, wherever you are, thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Clary, and I have taken my passion for baseball and the Nationals, and I have married the two things and have joined the Locked On Podcast Network here where you get your team every single day and it is a treat on the first week of in-season content where you will be getting five episodes every single week for the duration of the year not just the season the year of 2023 it's going to be a long one but it's also going to be a fun one so you make sure to stop in every day Monday through Friday and I will have the best Nationals content put out there just for you to enjoy. So this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. And guys, to get started for us today, we have an update-ish on ownership with the Washington Nationals. Not really an update, I will say, but this is more of an opinion based off a piece that I saw from Chelsea Janes in the Washington Post yesterday. And if you haven't read it yet, I advise you to take a listen to this because I want I will give you all the details and all the opinions that I think of this piece. <clears throat> Chelsea Janes is a national, not nationals, a national MLB reporter for the Washington Post, very tied in with the Washington Nationals and with the Washington, D.C. area. So when you see stories like this, you better pop on and you better listen. So she wrote about this in the Washington Post. And before I get into it, the headline is, after Ted Lerner's death, the future of Nationals ownership remains uncertain. And yes, that point is true. Where do we go from here on out? Because obviously Ted Lerner, earlier this week, the founding principal owner of the Washington Nationals did pass away, and we wish him, or we wish his family, the best moving forward. This is not about them. They need to take their time and grieve and do what they need to do with dealing with a death within the family. But here is with the Nationals, and where do we go forward with the ownership? And I'm not believing at this second that the Nationals will be up for sale in this season. In fact, I don't think that it is up for sale this very second. And there are a couple different reasons why. Reason number one, obviously, seeing the death of Ted Lerner, kind of the compass, quote unquote, of the Washington Nationals, even if Mark Lerner has been the active owner who has been in 
MLB meetings for the last five years or so. So I say that because of this piece in the article. Ted Lerner was kind of the driving point of this sale from what people believe and from who I have talked to myself. That is what I believe to be the case, that Ted Lerner was the one who did want to sell this team, as obviously his son was the active owner over the last few years, but Ted still had a piece in this. He still had some direction that Mark Lerner does follow. So with that being said, this little antidote from this article kind of just made me think I'm not seeing a sale at this second. And the reason why I say that is because they are still uncertain themselves. And if you remember Artie Moreno, the owner of the Los Angeles Angels, a couple months after the learners themselves put out a statement saying that they would be potentially gauging a sale and what that could look like. Well, the Moreno family did that as well. And they came out about a month ago saying that they will not be selling the team anymore. And here's this. I think right now Major League Baseball has a problem when it comes to trying to sell their franchises. There is a lot of turmoil inside Major League Baseball and not just the Nationals and the Angels, even more of a broader picture than that. And here's why I say that. Artie Moreno, when he announces that he is going to be looking into a sale, and it's not even the Morenos, when the learners announce that they will be looking into a sale, I'm not the one to sit here and say that that means they're going to sell. It does not. But they are going into that having a price in that head, whether it be $3 billion for the franchise, whatever they believe their franchise is worth, the Angels, the Nationals, the Nationals believe they're worth $2.5 billion, whatever it may be, they have that price set in their head. And all of these owners are successful businessmen and women. So with that being said, they're going to be a little stingy. Stingy may be the wrong word, but hear me out. They're going to want a price that they believe is worth the product that they put out. If you believe that your house is worth $550,000 and you only get an offer for $510,000, say, you're probably less likely to sell that house if you are set on a point, and especially if you don't need to sell. Because if you look at it this way, these owners, Artie Moreno and the learners, they don't technically need to sell the team. They don't. They're still making millions and millions of dollars annually. Yes, you still have to fork over some money. You still have to pay this and that. But at the end of the day, you're still making millions. This is not a house that you are losing interest for. In fact, these organizations will only get more expensive as time goes on. So I say this to say that I don't believe the Washington Nationals will be up for sale in the 2023 calendar year. I believe at some point over the next month or so, we are going to hear that they are off the market. And at this point, the Lerner family will continue to operate and manage the Washington Nationals. And I say that because of what everything has transpired since then. 
from what I believe, Ted Lerner was the one kind of pointing in the direction of a sale for the Washington Nationals. And I could be wrong on that. And if I am wrong, and I'm wrong, I will fully admit that. But from my speculation, and in my opinion, I believe Ted was the one who wanted this team sold. And so now we sit here today, Mark Lerner and Ted Lerner's wife will be the active owners for the Nationals. Do they really want to sell this team at this very second if they aren't going to get the price that they think that is worth it? Especially if you've been seeing what's going on with Bally Sports and them going bankrupt at this point. There's a lot of TV issues right now with the MLB. Not only do you have the Mid-Atlantic Sports Network here in town battling with the Baltimore Orioles over control, you have Bally Sports, who broadcasts about 14 teams in Major League Baseball. That is an issue. That is a huge issue right now in just baseball. So in collective, you have 16 teams right now with bad TB situations in that Major League Baseball could be stepping in to end blackouts. They could be stepping in to force over money from Valley Sports that owes teams a certain amount of money, whatever they are owed. The MLB could be stepping in to pay those owners what they need. So there is a big issue, not just with the Nationals when it comes to TV rights, because that has been the huge factor in holding back this sale with the Nationals. So fast forward now, there are about 16 teams, including the Nats and the Orioles, and then all the Bally Sports teams that were once owned by Fox Sports regional networks. They are now sitting here today with a lot of controversy on their hands. Because not only did MLB step in for Masson, but they are now having to step in for Bally Sports. There's an issue right now. I don't know what in particular that issue is, but it is clear and it is insane to me that this is going on, that the TV deals is truly what could be holding back from not only the Nationals from a potential sale, but others as well, like the Angels. So with all that being said, I w- if you are counting your chickens, I would not count the Nationals to sell the team this calendar year. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But that's not what I believe will happen this very second. There's too much smoke around the team around the Lerner family keeping the Nationals and guys, also, that's maybe not the worst thing in the world. You don't want to sell to someone who's going to cheap out the Nats. You don't. And for the people who are maybe tired of the Lerner family, let's remember this. They are still the ownership group that led this team for an entire decade of dominance. Not only did they spend a lot of money during that time, but they also developed their own farm system. So let's not pretend that this is some terrible awful situation yes could it be better of course it could be but it's also not the end of the world so if the learners do not sell this very second that is fine for me and in fact 
if they decide to hold on to the team moving forward, that might be okay as well. So with that being said, don't count on the Nationals and the Lerner family to sell the team this year. That's just my opinion on it. And if it's wrong, then again, I love to say it, then I'm wrong. But now, since it's spring training, I do want to get into some baseball as we have some storylines to look out for as pitchers and catchers have reported. And as well as that, you will have some players and position players who are already down there will be reporting early next week, and we can't wait. But before that, I got to tell you guys about my friends over at Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you got to try a Built Bar. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they are all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it. But these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've talked about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. But now you can get them at your local Walmart or even a Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or even coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. Guys, as usual, you can thank me later. Now we get back into some of the Nationals headlines heading into spring training. And this is what you will have to be looking forward to when it comes to spring training. Because as we've said it, as I've said it, this might be a surprise to some of you. We're probably not going to be the best team out there. But that doesn't mean you don't need to watch. And that doesn't mean that there's nothing to watch for. Because in fact, there is. And in fact, I think there is a ton to watch for with the Nationals this year. And my first headline to watch out for with the Nationals this spring training is which young pitcher will take out, will get to the fastest start and hit the ground running. And here's my answer. I think it's Mackenzie Gore. I have banged the drum on this kid all offseason long. And that's not anything against Josiah Gray or Cade Cavalli for that matter. There are guys in this system right now that can come up and can compete for a starting pitching job. I look at Mackenzie Gore, a filthy left-handed pitcher who has multiple pitches in his equation when it comes to a starting pitcher. And we also forget, when he came up, his first seven starts with the San Diego Padres last year, he could have been and probably was their best pitcher to start the year as a rookie. Well, fast forward to about June, that's when he hit kind of a little slump, but that was also when he tweaked his elbow and ultimately got scratched got scratch for the rest of the season with some elbow tightness, and we never saw him pitch with the Nationals last year, and for good reason. 
there was no reason to even rush it with Mackenzie Gore. Someone with his power, someone with his ability and what he can do on a day in and day out basis. You don't want to mess with that kind of guy. You want to make sure that he is ready for the future. You have a top 10 pick with Mackenzie Gore on your lineup right now. That can make a difference. And in fact, I think he will be. That's why I think he will get out to the fastest start this spring training. He's going to be well rested. He's 100% healthy. And if you have seen some videos out of camp so far, his fastball seems to be very active. And that is what we want to see when it comes to Mackenzie Gore. Because we know what he can do with the changeup. We know what he can do with his other secondary pitches. So now it's time to see what that fastball can do. Because I think it can be a very active pitch for him moving forward. And hopefully he can do that. But now my second big headline to watch for the Nationals. But before I tell you my second headline, thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen Every day. Now check out Lindsey Crosby and Locked On MLB Prospect because my guy, he is the prospect encyclopedia. So check out that pod wherever you get your podcast. My second biggest headline right now heading into this season is who will take the third base job on opening day? Now I say that and I do have an update on Carter Keyboom and his injury status moving forward that I'm going to get into in a little bit later in the show. But you look at the third base position. You sign J-Mayor Candelario in the offseason after getting DFA'd from the Detroit Tigers. But in 2021, he did lead the league in doubles. So that is noteworthy. That is something to, hey, this guy can hit. He has produced before over at third base. With that being said, he is a bad fielder. A really bad fielder. The Nationals have another option with Ildemaro Vargas, who ultimately took the opportunity and ran with it this last year when he was kind of given that third base job after Franco just kind of died out a little bit, you could say. So you look at a younger guy also like Jake Alou. I have touted about Jake Alou. I have bragged about him. I think Jake Alou has something and I have some intriguing thoughts about Jake Alou moving forward. Is he a five-tool talent? No. Is he some highly touted prospect? No. But what I do value is production, and I can't say that enough about Jake Alou. Since the COVID pandemic, there has been arguably no better hitter in this franchise, in the minors, when it comes to Jake Alou. Jake Alou has been productive from the start, and he's going to get opportunities in spring training in big league camp to make his name known. If he goes out there, if he gets hits off Justin Verlander, Max, name that pitching prospect or name that pitcher down in Florida, if he's starting to generate hits and get contact and play a solid third base role, don't be surprised to see Jake Alou in the mix. Now I did say I do have an update on Carter Keeboom because Carter Keeboom will be in the mix at some point, but there is an injury update that I'm going to get into later in this show in about two minutes from now. But who will end up over at third base? I believe it's going to be J. Merrick Candelario because that is my 
just assumption. I think they're going to play it safe, but I don't believe Candelario will be there the entire season. And if I'm wrong, again, I'm wrong. Hand up. No problem admitting that. So who will adjust the fastest to the new rules? With pitch clocks, defensive shifts, this one was kind of an easier no-brainer one because there's going to be different things to watch for this season when it comes to rule changes. My answer to that, Victor Robles. When it comes to defensive players with the Nationals, is there a better defender out there right now than Victor Robles when it comes to the Nats? Dominic Smith plays a solid first base. It could be him. But I look at Victor Robles and what this guy can do. The defensive shift will not have an impact on Victor Robles. Therefore, you've seen him at times where he is shifted against. He is kind of a pull hitter. This could affect his bat in a good way. If he can start to get that pitch and crank it down in between the third base and shortstop gap there, hit it up the middle, try to find balls and get them in the right field. If he can finally hit a curveball, then Victor Robles could have a better season than expected. He's not going to be a silver slugger, but to say he's a gold glove finalist this past year, he could certainly do that again. In fact, that's my expectation for him. So I think Victor Victor Robles makes the quickest adjustment when it comes to all these different rule changes, but I'll get into more of the rule changes as we continue to go. But again, I needed to get you guys an update on former top prospect, former top 20 prospect in all of baseball, Carter Keboom, recovering from Tommy John surgery. And will we see him this season or even in spring training? But before that, the midway point of the NBA season is here. And now is a perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and easy to use. And you can bet on everything from the money line to three-point scores to whatever it may be. So, guys, you know me. I bet against the Wizards, and I bet on the Milwaukee Bucks. Tomorrow night, you're going to take the Bucks money line because that's what I do. I think the Bucks win every opportunity they can, and they are the best team in the NBA. I'm not a big NBA guy, but you just heard that prediction, and I'm going to ride with it. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. And now I get you your updates on Carter Keboom as, again, the former top prospect for the Washington Nationals. Carter Keboom has had, has been recovering from Tommy John surgery for about a year now. And today, he was seen on the field throwing with his overhand. But with that being said, he has not been able to throw just yet going sidearm. And if you know anything about third base, they have to make some sidearm throws. He's got to be able to throw from different angles to be able to solidify the third base position for anyone, really. If you're going to be playing third base in the minors, 
T-ball, doesn't matter. You need to throw from some different sort of angle. That's just how it works over at third base. So with that, what can we expect from Carter Keboom this year? Because coming off Tommy John surgery, it doesn't matter if you're just a position player recovering from TJ. It's a tough surgery to bounce back from. It is a tough, ache, aching surgery. I haven't had it myself. I've had plenty of friends go through it, and it takes a little while to recover. Bryce Harper had it this offseason. He might not even play until August, maybe September. No one really knows at this point. But Carter Keboom, Davey Martinez did say he made DH in games to start before playing third base, but they're going to be taking it slow with him, which is the right thing. You don't need to rush Carter Keboom. We've seen it from him when he's healthy. Can he do it? That is still a big open question slash debate. But the good news is, is that he can hit and we do expect him to at least DH at some point this spring training. Will he be seen over at third base at this point in spring training? It sounds like it may not happen, which is fine. Because Carter Keboom, I love the guy but he's not the best fielder over at third base as well. But I do want to see him get his at-bats. It's been over a year. Maybe he fixed something. Maybe he figured out the hole in his swing that we saw when he was called up to the major leagues. Because if you look at his minor leagues numbers, this guy hits. He is a hitter. He's a slugger. That's what I call him. He's a slugger, and he's still young-ish to where it's like, Maybe he did turn a corner, but I have made my opinion clear. I don't necessarily see him panning out with the Nationals, which is just fine. It's okay. You don't have to pan out. It happens. But man, would it be nice? Man, oh man, would it be nice to see Carter Keyboom bounce back? So thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. Now, make your second listen, Locked On MLB Prospects, who, again, is hosted by Lindsey Crosby, the prospect encyclopedia of the Locked On Podcast Network. And that pod is, of course, available and free wherever you get your podcasts. So, going forward, next week, we're going to have some more baseball to talk about, Monday through Friday. So, make sure you tune in Monday morning, and you will hear from me then. Go Nats!